We are back with another episode of the SQ Sports NBA podcast. Um, a little bit of a crazy week. We had a coach get fired. We uh, have some new insight on the Markel Fultz injury, um, as well as some teams that are hot, uh, others not so much. Uh, Q, how are you, how you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so I know you want to talk about Fultz because we got because we got the new news um, about him. But first, talk about probably the biggest news of the week: Fred Hoiberg, coach of the Bulls, fired. Um, he is in his he was in his fourth season as the Bulls head coach out of Iowa State. Uh, when he originally took over the roster, they uh, were filled with veterans still kind of competing for the playoffs. I think he went basically 500 in his first two seasons uh, before having a, having a uh, rebuild year last year. Um, and the Bulls did not look good to start the year. They were 5-19. and 19. Granted, they were missing guys like Bobby Porras, Laurie Markkinen, Denzel Valentine. Is it Valentine or Valentine? Valentine. Valentine. Yeah, he's out for uh, the season. He hasn't even played yeah, this year. He's yeah, not going to yeah. play the rest of the year. Yeah, he's got an ankle injury. Um, so it kind of seemed uh, – unjust that Hoiberg uh that Hoiberg it's it would seem unjust um if Hoiberg was fired for the on the play um for on court play just because they were going with so many low level guys uh but Paxton cites that a lack of energy and spirit inside of the team was the main reason by why Hoiberg got canned uh Q what do you make of the whole situation do you think you deserved it uh, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't think he deserved it, but it's not like a franchise change of decision. Like he's not that great of a coach. He's yeah. I didn't think he was a bad coach. I thought he did well with what he had. They actually looked decent last year for a stretch. Um, when Nikola Mirotic came back last year, I think they were like two and fifteen before he came back because he uh, Bobby Portis punched him in the jaw. Yeah, and then he was yeah. out for like eight weeks. Um, but when he came back, they looked pretty good, and then. Um, once they traded Miritich, obviously they went to the tank again. But I mean, this year I don't know why what they were expecting. They weren't apparently they expected to make the playoffs. That's what I heard somewhere. But then even if you did expect them to make the playoffs with all the injuries, there was no way they were going to do no it. Chance. So I don't yeah. know what I don't know what happened. I heard some stuff with like um, Antonio Blakeney. Um, and I mean, if you're getting yelled at by the 13th man on the roster, maybe there's probably something going on there. But um, I mean, I guess it's a, it's an interesting move. I don't know who they're going to look for. Maybe uh, David Blatt. I heard his name. Well, um, that well back overseas, but I know for the rest of the year they have uh, Jim Boylan. Yeah, Jim Boylan. Yeah, they took the interim tag off of him, so he's now the permanent head coach. I don't really know what that means in regards to next year. Whether like they would, because normally when you got an interim head coach, you don't fire that guy at the end of the season that he takes over because he because he's not the permanent head coach. But with the Bulls calling him and saying he's taking over as the permanent head coach, like I'm not exactly sure what that means going forward. Would they have to would they have to fire this guy now um, if they want? Yeah, to I think him? I think his contract ends. That's what I saw somewhere. Uh, it was really confusing the reporting on it. Um, maybe I mean maybe they hope that he'll remain. I know uh, Gar Paxson was was talking him up pretty pretty good. Um, yeah, they make some they make some weird choices. The Bulls. Yeah, their front um, office is like a few of their moves have been really caught. good, and then yeah. some of them are re- like I think they've drafted pretty well for the most part. Um, Laurie was obviously a really good pick. Uh, Wendell Carter looks pretty good. Denzel Valentine was pretty good when he played, but uh, and the Butler trade overall, everyone 
was hating on him when they did it. But obviously, looking back, well, one, it was they won it because Butler left. Yeah. But even even before Butler, like all the Butler drama started, I think it was a, at least an even trade. Like Levine's really good, Marketing's really really good, and he's only twenty one or twenty. And Chris Dunn improved a lot. Um, so yeah, the the Gar packs. That's I think that's what they're called. The front office, like the two of them. Yeah. I forget the name. Yeah. I but call they, them Gar Paxson. It's John Paxson and Gar Foreman. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they make some weird choices. So I wasn't like a hundred percent surprised that they fired him, but it does seem weird that they would fire him now, right when marketing got back too. I don't. It was just weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. There definitely has to be like I mean, like you said with the Blakeney thing. I don't think that could have been one of the deciding straws, but there had to be uh, some behind the scenes stuff that the public eye just wasn't seeing because yeah. Your team isn't very good, but Hoiberg's a young coach. He didn't have the players that he needed to run his kind of up-tempo, run-and-gun style of basketball. Um, And now you're kind of starting to bring in guys with uh, three lottery – or probably three lottery picks in a row. So uh, I just feel that there had to be some animosity in the locker room between head coach and player uh, for them to make this move. Um, The Bulls were 28th in points, which – for Fred Hoiberg, that's an issue because he is trying to play up tempo and score a lot of points. So that is that that um, definitely was a problem. It almost the Bulls never played philosophically how he likes to play, and so I don't know. Well, then he never really had a roster that fit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the roster fit Tibbs, and then yeah, and, and then, then like Butler took out like there was a whole Butler and Rose thing uh, the last year that Rose was there. It was kind of weird. They missed playoffs, and then. They signed Rondo and Wade. I don't know why. That's probably the the worst shooting backcourt you can get, um, at least at that time. Obviously, that didn't work. Even though they were balling out in the playoffs until Rondo got hurt, they were up 2-0 in Boston as an eight seed. But um, whatever happened there, and then um, and then last year, I think they kind of started. It seemed like they started to play the way he wanted to because marketing seems like a perfect stretch forward to fit his system. But yeah, for sure he does. Apparently not. I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. Um, all right, so looking at the Bulls' roster going forward, I feel like they're kind of kind of set up to be pretty good if they can get this pick right in the upcoming draft because they kind of have their core in Levine, um, Markinen, Wendell Carter, and I guess you can say Valentine. Val- and Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn, yeah. So, they, I mean, they got some young pieces. It's a matter of putting them together. And, and, I mean, obviously this draft will be huge because I think there's a big difference between having, well, like, the third pick compared to, like, the seventh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Bulls are starting to turn it around for sure. Um, and, honestly, honestly, if um, Hoiberg was fired because of, like, locker room issues, then you almost got to be counting your blessings if you're the Bulls because – it's not like you're going to be in the tank for a while. You can get a guy in that you actually want and who can coach this roster um, mm-hmm. and, and, like, use their strengths where you got a guy out the door. Because, say, if, if they were fully healthy and instead of 5-19, and 19, the Bulls were 13-11, and 11, it's, it's hard to justify a firing that then, even if yeah. there is some locker room problems. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um, all right, so we'll switch over to the Markel Fultz news. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about this for weeks, um, even, I guess, you can go back to last year. Uh, 
I'll quickly recap it and then get your opinion on it because uh, you being the Philadelphia guy definitely have some strong opinions. Basically, Fultz, we thought it was both in his head, but he was diagnosed with a nerve disorder called thoracic outlet syndrome. Basically, I guess it affects the nerves between the neck and shoulder, resulting in abnormal functional movement and range of motion. Um, and the doctor he finally went to that diagnosed him with that said it's really hard to pin down. I guess like less than 200,000 people like ha- get this a year. Uh, and he, he was basically saying that most people that have this have seen upwards of six, seven doctors before they finally get it officially diagnosed. Fultz's plan is to try three to six weeks of rehab uh, without surgery. If it's still not looking good, then he's going to go for the surgery. The surgery normally has an 80 to 90% success rate. Um, so it's got to be just a complete burden lifted off of him because now like the media, not, not even the media, but like Twitter and everyone, it's kind of justified for, from what happened to him. So what is your overall take? Are you back in on Fultz? Uh, what, what do you got? So my first instinct when I saw it, I laughed because I, th- I thought it was fake because um, I didn't, I'd never heard about it. Um, and they said last year he had uh, shoulder imbalance, but clearly whenever he got healthy, he wasn't, it still wasn't there. But I've, I've looked into it a little bit more. It does actually seem pretty legitimate. Um, a lot of baseball pitchers have it, like Matt Harvey had it a few years ago. Uh, it's pretty rare in basketball players. I don't think there's that many players that have Wait, had it. I saw uh, Landry Fields. Landry Fields, yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Landry Fields had a similar injury with his nerve. He had nerve damage. Though. Fultz has no nerve damage. Um, Landry Fields had nerve damage, I think, in his elbow. And he was a really good shooter when he came into the NBA from Stanford. And then he had – he struggled with the nerves. And then if you look at a shot um, from – I think it was – whenever he was on the Raptors, it was a few years after his year with the Knicks. It looked like Fultz did from the free throw line when he was ha- when he had like that long shot in front of his head. It looked like that. So then, and then Landry Fields was tweeting at someone saying yes that uh, something. Somebody tweeted Landry Fields about Markel Fultz, and then Landry Fields replied saying, "Yeah, that reminds me a lot of what I had," which I guess makes me confident, but it also makes me like a little bit worried for him because Landry Fields never figured it out. But then again, Land- Fultz is only twenty. And Landry Fields was in his late 20s when that happened. So I guess it's not um, a one-to-one comparison. But I think overall it's – I mean, we'll just see. I, we'll see what happens next. I, I can't even judge it until he's on the court next because I do think – like I, I could believe that there's something wrong with him, but still I don't think you pump fake a free throw because you're having a little bit of neck pain. Yeah. Um, like the free throw that he took last year at the beginning of the season when he was like way in front of his head, I could believe that was a shoulder injury. But the shot that he took, the free throw they took in Miami was like, that just seemed 100% mental. So it's still, I'm still not like all in, like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to figure it out. But I could, I, I think, it, it, I guess it leaves me a little bit more optimistic. Um, and he's working with a doctor that worked with Kobe and worked with, I think, Magic Johnson when they were injured because um, he's in Los Angeles. So I think it would be good to get out of the spotlight for a few weeks at least. Because yeah. he was on every headline for like two weeks. Yeah, that was tough. Um, and I, 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 um, I know a lot of people, like you mentioned, a lot of people were saying that, um, oh, he's just looking for a doctor to find something so that they can like have an excuse. But it, I mean, it does seem to be true that it's pretty hard yeah. to find an MRI, this uh, syndrome. So yeah, we'll. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's pretty unprecedented in basketball, other than I guess Landry Fields, but not. It's still not a one-on-one comparison. And Matt Harvey is probably the biggest baseball pitcher that had it, um, and he never really 
you know, got back to what he was. Uh, actually, Vince Velasquez and the Phillies had it apparently this summer, but I didn't hear about it. Huh. So I don't know. Well, uh, I guess we'll see on that. It's definitely interesting. I know it, it does seem uh, a little bit weird that the Sixers didn't announce it. It seemed like Fultz's agent announced it because um, all of Woj's tweets, all of Woj's tweets were from Fultz's agent, basically just quotes. And the Sixers just put out a small little press release saying that um, he'll be going through rehab. But usually with the Sixers press releases, they always have the doctor and they didn't have the doctor's name. So I don't know. It's, it's still very weird. Um, definitely not in the clear yet, but I guess I'm a little bit more optimistic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely compared to at least last week, I gotta be more optimistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. You, you, honestly, you never know. I mean, we've, we've, it's been weird for the past year and you think it's fixed and it's not blah, blah, blah. So I think it's definitely going to be an ongoing thing. I think for him, though, like you said, good getting out of the spotlight. And it's good that, I mean, something was finally diagnosed because you got to, if you're Fultz and everyone's just saying you got the yips and you're a mental midget, like that's, that's tough. It's definitely tough. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think this uh, is going to prevent him from being traded this year at least. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him now, um, at least during the season. Maybe during the I, – I mean, what would be the incentive to trade him at this point? What, for, from the Sixers side or for yeah. someone else? Because on the Sixers, it's basically, I'd say if if some free agent this summer says, "Oh, I'll sign with you," then you trade him to clear the cap space. But if not, you might as well just wait it out. Yeah, no, I agree with that from the Sixers standpoint. Um, I was gonna, well, the only thing I was gonna say is, now that it's not a mental thing and it's something that like the doctors think they can actually solve, I feel like his trade value is higher. You know? I mean, I still wouldn't put the mental thing out. Like, I don't think it's completely clear on the mental thing. I think there were, where there was a mental aspect of it. Like, there has to be. I think at least a little bit. But I, I'm sure that I don't know. It's it's still so weird. Apparently, um, when he started working, like in that athletic art, uh, the athletic article that came out a couple of weeks ago that was like really in depth about like basically everything that's happened in the last like 18 months or whatever. Yeah. Um, they said that when Fultz was relearning how to shoot this summer with Hanlon. Uh, apparently he was feeling like a tingling sensation in his, um, in his fingers when he was like, because they basically they did a full rebuild. So they like changed the way he held the ball. And apparently he was struggling at the very start because he had tingling sensation in his fingers. Like at that point, why don't you just get that checked out? Yeah, maybe they did. Some, I don't yeah, know, but it's, yeah, it's that's still definitely very, some very odd. Shit, definitely some nerves. Yeah, de- definitely. So I don't know. I guess, I mean, if, if he does come back, that's uh. And he and he's really is like he was at Washington, or even if he was like he was at summer league, um, then I mean that's that's a oh, a big yeah. addition <laughs> next, and that's yeah. a big that's a big steal in the in the in terms of the Butler trade because you didn't give him up. Um, so then you got, yeah, I don't know. It, it's very still very complicated, still very unclear. But I guess yeah. overall a little bit more optimistic. All right, all right. So we'll leave it at that. Um, definitely tidbits will be coming out here and there for the next month or so while he's rehabbing. Uh, but we'll move on to a team that has been struggling mightily, a team that took the Warriors to the brink of elimination last year, the Houston Rockets. Uh, they're currently 11-13, and 13, which is third worst in the West right now, uh, albeit that's not very far from the first seed. It's like six games or so. Um, but nonetheless, the Rockets, uh, they're only 5-5 five and five at home which is a cause for concern. They're two and six in their last eight games, including losses to Washington, Cleveland, and Dallas. 
Um, and they were clobbered by uh, Rudy Gobertless Utah team last night. Uh, what do you got on the Rockets? What do you think is going wrong? Um, you think they're, they're going to right the ship? If so, how soon? Uh, yeah, just what are your overall thoughts on Houston? They look very – just, I mean, to put it bluntly, they just look very bad. Uh, they don't look like they really care, especially Harden. I know, I, know Harden uh, I know Harden's never really been a good defender, but it seemed like the last few years he's made an effort to start trying at least, or at least looking like he's trying. This year, especially in transition, he just uh, he doesn't look like he cares at all. Maybe it's because they've had to play him so much because Paul has been out a little bit. I don't know. Eric Gordon looks really disengaged, um, and he had a quote saying, like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not fun anymore. Even when they win, it doesn't seem fun. Maybe it's because he was in uh, like trade rumors for Jimmy Butler. I don't know. Chris Paul looks like he's taking a bit of a step back this year, finally. It looks um, like the age is kind of finally getting him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been awful or anything. He's still averaging just the, the injury aspect with it, too. Yeah. I figured – I don't know. I mean, he had a full summer to recover from the hamstring thing, and he's still sitting out. And when he's played, and hasn't looked great. And that's not a good sign, considering they just signed him to a um, four-year max deal. When yeah, he was 33. Uh, Capella doesn't look – as good as he did last year, and he just signed a big deal. Um, Harden's turned the ball. I think Harden has over five turnovers a game, um, and he's had a few insane games, and they still lose because he just can't handle it. Uh, they really miss Ariza. Um, even Maba Mute, they really miss his defense, it seems like. It's just – yeah, Harden's averaging – he's averaging 5.8 turnovers. Yeah, that's, 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 high. that's high. He's shooting 11 threes a game, too. That's ridiculous. Um, well, so, what yeah, I, they, uh, keep going. I was I was gonna say I think this team like their bench is so bad they lack de- lack depth um, because you have Harden, Paul, and Capella all in big deals. So when I mean Chris Paul's been dealing with the injury, Harden missed a couple of the games. Eight eight of their twenty four games, one of them has been out, and I think even when one of them's out, like that's such a big blow because that's a lot of playmaking, a lot of points. I mean their bench is only scoring like. 30 points a game you don't have some like Gerald Green can get hot but you don't have a guy that's going to go in there and just ball out like Daniel House Gerald Green Gary Clark MCW like no one's getting buckets on on the bench for the Rockets so Mm. I think that's one of their problems too like they're so star-studded and right at the top that when one of those guys is out like like you can go to shit real quick yeah I know they wanted to like stagger Harden and Paul so that one of them's always on the court but I feel like I mean, maybe Brandon Knight's the answer. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't rely on Brandon Knight. Is he, is he, he's he's not playing. Apparently, he's coming back soon, okay. according to Shams. Um, I mean, yeah. That, honestly, that could be big. And, I mean, yeah, that he something. He's still. He's still. He was. He was good for a little bit. He just had a ton of injuries. Yeah, he could get you eighteen points a game. Honestly. Yeah, and they just need someone to give him a break and not be incompetent. Obviously, I was hyping on Michael Carter Williams in the preseason. He hasn't hasn't uh, translated. James Ennis has not been what Ariza was on defense. Um, even though, I mean, he's shooting well from three, but the, I mean, the reason was so good because he was so versatile on defense. Um, PJ Tucker's having to make up for so many people on defense. It's just, it's just not, it's not looking good. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, w- I wouldn't, I'm not like counting them out completely. No, no, no. Uh, I still think they have, I mean, they have plenty of time to figure it out. And even if they are like a six seed or five seed in the playoffs, they're still very dangerous. As long as Chris Paul is healthy, come then, um, they're going to be a tough out, even for a team agreed. like yeah, the agreed. Nuggets or the Clippers or Oklahoma City, even. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just it's very they're very disappointed. Them and the, uh, the Rockets and Celtics, more so the Rockets, but they've been the two 
like disappointing team so far. But the, the Celtics are at least starting to figure it out a little bit. The Rockets, um, when Chris Paul came back, they thought they figured it out, and then they lost. And they lost it um, last night. They got completely blown out. It's just, it's just not looking good. Yeah, not looking good. I mean, like you were saying, PJ, because PJ Tucker is not one. Of, like he's, he's playing defense night in and night out. And like you said, he's got to make up for a lot of these guys. Because I was going to say, I, I want to see more from him on the offensive end, averaging just seven and a half a game. It's not like his numbers are that bad. He's shooting 40% from deep. Um, especially with Paul out, I feel like he should be taking more shots, more than six a game. Um, six three, he should be taking at least six threes a game when Paul's out. Uh, just because they lack scoring. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But if he's, if he's using all that energy on defense, then – that's tough. That's tough. Um, as a team, Houston is 25th in defensive rating. And one stat that was really surprising, they're 29th in pace. Um, yeah, that is surprising. Usually they play pretty up-tempo, especially yeah, exactly. with D'Antoni. Yeah, exactly. So I was surprised when I saw that stat. Clearly, um, there's a multitude of things wrong there. But I completely agree with you. This team's still going to make the play. Unless, like, Paul, like, somehow completely messes up his hamstring and is, like, out for the season. They're yeah. gonna make the playoffs, and they're gonna be a tough out. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. If you're if you're uh, if you're like a if if you're the four seed and Houston's the five, and you get maxed up with Houston, like you got to be like mad because yeah, it would suck. They're yeah. gonna give you a tough seven games, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and add someone not like an not Ariza, but a guy like an Ariza, like like a Corver, um, just someone like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, um... Uh, what's his name? Bazemore. Oh yeah, dude. Bazemore. Yeah. Because Atlanta doesn't need him anymore. No, yeah. he's got he's got one more year. Um, but I feel like if you're the Rockets at this point, you have to go all in. So. Yeah. Paying dude. him whatever twelve million next year. It's at a certain point you just gotta do it. Um. All right. So we'll move on to another team in the Western Conference that uh, has been the opposite of the Rockets over the past week. I guess two weeks, couple of weeks. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are thirteen and twelve, they are nine and three without Jimmy Butler since he's been traded. Definitely big. Um, since he's been traded, they're averaging one hundred nine points per game while giving up just one hundred one points per game, uh, which is eight points better than what they what they uh, were doing before. Carl um, Anthony Towns, since Butler's been traded, is averaging twenty three and thirteen shooting 52% from the field and 42% from three. Uh, so that's a great sign. He seems back to his normal self. Probably still uh, there's more room in there, too, for him on the scoring end. Uh, Wiggins has been iffy still, but, I mean, this team has definitely turned it around, and they're showing us the Wolves that we kind of thought we'd see at the beginning of the year. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you got on the Wolves? Do you think, you think they're uh, a threat in the West at all? Or I'd say they are – I'd say I'd probably pick them to make the playoffs at this point, as long as they stay healthy, um, especially Derrick Rose. He's a big source of offense. I think they could be pretty scary come playoff time because right now they have such such a balanced roster um, ever since the trade. And yeah. it seems like Covington has gotten Cat to really buy, uh, buy in defensively. Like he's actually showing effort. Even Wiggins the last few games has been showing effort. I know we were ragging on Wiggins a couple weeks ago. Um, so oh, he's finally sure. picking it up, it seems like. He's been shooting well from three, at least this year. Um, I know he's never really been like a knockdown three-point shooter, but this year he's at 37% on five attempts. That's pretty good. And he had a huge, he had a couple huge plays the last few games. He had that big putback uh, on Capella. He had that big block. 
it just seems like they like they're just so much happier uh, after those first thirteen, yeah. whatever it was with Butler. They just seemed like they were miserable, even when they were winning. But obviously, I don't think Derrick Rose is going to continue to shoot forty-seven percent from three. But it does. I th- I do buy it that it's legit. That his shot is legit now. I think it'll be at least like a thirty-eight percent guy from three, which is huge. Uh, Sarge has been a good boost off the bench. Uh, Jeff Teague is looking better. Even Tibbs, um, he still plays the starters way too much, but I think Tibbs has kind of saved his job, honestly, because um, if Covington and Sarge weren't working out, that'd be he might have been fired on the spot. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think they, they definitely got to finish out the season, and I think they they definitely got to make the playoffs for Tibbs to be kind of off the hot seat. But definitely trending. They're, I mean, they're trending in the right direction for sure. Um, like you said. Like Wiggins still hasn't been like scoring the ball that well um, as far as points per game wise, but he's just given more effort and you can tell um, Mm -hmm. cat too. So definitely good to get Butler out of the building. Um, All right. So, so we just talked about two Western conference teams who we both think will probably make the playoffs Uh, without looking at the standings. I'm going to go through and you tell me if they're in or not. All right. right. You tell me if they're going to make the playoffs and we'll see how we'll see. Uh, Denver Nuggets. Yes. Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes. LA Clippers. Yes. Warriors. Yes. Lakers. Uh, yes. Grizzlies. Mm, I like the Grizzlies, but I am – how many team? what team is that? That's the sixth team, I think. I'm going to say no. Uh, Portland. No. Dallas. Uh, yes, I'm gonna go Dallas. Ooh, okay. That's my hot take. Uh, hot take. I kind of hope they're in, just because like I don't want to. Like, I've seen. Oh, what? We'll keep going. Sacramento. No. Minnesota. Um, I'm gonna go with no. Utah. Um, yes. New Orleans. Ooh, I feel like I feel like I've said eight so far. So New Orleans, um, you're, you're at seven. Okay. Um, no. No. Houston. Yes. All right. So then you got the Spurs out too. Yeah, I do. The Spurs suck. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, I can't. I can't really argue with that. I think Portland's gonna make it though. Um. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, Every year they get hot at the end of the season, but that's, a, that's the thing Maybe. with the West. You never know. Like, I mean, yeah, especially this year. like honestly, like I know people are complain, like always complain, like about the Warriors. Uh, and they probably will end up winning it all again, especially like when they're fully healthy. Uh, but the parity in the NBA has never been like, better in, in, in recent years than it has been early on this year. Um, yeah, if, if KD leaves, it's going to be – as long as he doesn't make another like insane team with someone, mm-hmm. um, that's, it's going to be yeah. a very entertaining, just full, like, full NBA landscape. Exactly. Um, completely, I completely uh, agree. Unless he goes to like LA and then they trade for Davis, which yeah, I mean, like even some, then, yeah, that's probably that's probably a pretty dominant team. Um, um, yeah, if we get if we get like KD to go to like I don't even know probably the Knicks. Say, say, probably say the Knicks. KD goes to the Knicks and Clay goes to the Lakers. Whew. Yeah, even, that'd if Clay, be, even if Clay doesn't, even if Clay leave, stays. Even like they wouldn't be unbeatable as long as Demarcus. Clearly, clearly, they were beatable in 2016, even when they won 73 games because they almost lost to the Thunder. Yeah. So. All right. Um, what do you think about Headband Simmons? Uh, well, I think it looks like he only a, had eight points the other night. But I think he looks he like a dumbass well. with the headband on. He does look a little weird, but as long, I mean, his they've been playing really well. Him and Butler. 
especially on defense. So Butler's not, wearing well, Butler's not wearing the headband tonight. Tonight, uh, I'm rather playing right now, aren't they? Um, uh, they just started. Yeah. So. Um. All right. So we will let's jump into segments. Um. Winners and losers of the week. I'll start. Uh. My first winner is the. It's multiple multiple winners mixed into one. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Phoenix Suns, all winners because Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish are all the real deal. They're going to be the top three picks in the draft. Uh, and like I said, I think there's a real difference between like three and seven. And the three teams I just listed, the Suns, Hawks, and Cavs, are by far the worst teams in the league, um, like by far. Uh, I know the Bulls are down there uh, with them record-wise, but the Bulls are going to start to get healthy and they're going to start to win some games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely winners. Uh, they're gonna, it's going to be a shitty season for those three franchises. Me being a fan of one, pretty unfortunate. But you're going to get a game-changing player coming in. Unless the lottery screws you, of course, which you never know in the NBA. But, uh, yeah. And I, the Nets, though – are a low-key sneaky team to to come up or come down, I guess, to those those guys' level. They've been too intense since Karis LeVert has been out. They they're lose so many close games, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're currently 8-18. Eight and 18. I mean, that, that, it's honestly like a testament to LeVert because he's like their closer. So Yeah, you know, he was – it really sucks what happened. I guess he's lucky that he could come back at the end. It wasn't as bad as they thought, but still, that really yeah. sucks. I would definitely keep him out for the season because by the time he would be able to return, there's honestly no point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so those three teams, definitely winners because of the Duke boys. What do you got? Uh, first, like, I have uh, Jaron Jackson. That dude, is he, he is he can play, man. I'm surprised he's yeah. been this well. He's played this well, on def- especially on defense. Um, mm-hmm. I knew he was going to be good on defense eventually. I just didn't think it would come this quickly. Obviously, he had the 36-8 and eight game when he had um, five threes against the Nets. And he was really clutch down the stretch. Um, and he's at shooting 34%, 34.5% on threes, averaging 13, only five rebounds. But he's playing power fours, so I guess, because Sol is scooping up all the rebounds. But, yeah, he's just – he's the Grizzlies really needed a hit on that pick because they have – they owe a pick to Boston and their capped – oh, my – their cap situation is not – not looking good, especially with Parsons. So I, th- I it's good that they got a good um, big man to he'll learn from Gasol for the next few years, and then once Gasol either leaves or retires, he'll take over. I think he just fits the per- the modern center like perfectly. Um, just as a guy who can protect the paint, can switch out, can shoot from the perimeter. He has a decent interior game. It's not obviously it's not very polished, but like he's got he's got some skill. I'm surprised. So, yeah, uh, Jaron Jackson, yeah. very very impressed, especially considering he's one of the youngest players in the draft. He just turned 19, like, two months ago. Yeah, no, I completely agree. He's got, got, got the chance to be one of, like, one, if not the best player out of this draft. Because I, I think we all knew it was going to eventually come, but just not this early. So, like, so quickly he's become, honestly, like a reliable shooter and great defender in the NBA. So, I um, agree with that. Hot take. Hot take. Should have should have gone number one to the Suns. Nah. Yeah. Nah. He I mean, perfect fit. Perfect fit on that roster. But, I mean, yeah, that's. I remember. I remember it came out that he like completely had like an insane workout with the Suns, and I was like, ooh, maybe he'll go in the top two. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, why? Like, this, like 
this was the year I, I said this before the draft too. Um, this was the year, and it wasn't even like complete. Whatever. This was the year that the sun, that the sun the sun finally got the first pick, and it was the year that they like you didn't really need the first pick. You know? yeah, yeah. Like I, I, we we could have taken if we would have the fifth pick, I would we'd just take Mo Bamba. Like obviously, like Bamba, it, uh, he hasn't played like that much compared to the other guys. But he yeah, looks lost. If you wouldn't, if you if you didn't take Aiton, if we didn't have the first pick and say Aiton went one, you could add Dantich, Jan Jackson, or Bamba, and I would have been fine with those three guys. But like, because if we had the first pick last year, well then whatever we can get into semantics like the Polts thing. But what I'm just saying, this is not the best year to have the first overall pick. Um, I I still don't, I, I'm still fine with Aiton. Like I know Jackson and Dantich have been balling out, but Aiton's been balling out too. So. Still got high hopes. Um, all right, so my second like is the Nuggets. Um, they've been playing out of their mind after that terrible losing streak, uh, and they're currently first in the West again, sitting at 17-7. and seven. They're doing all this without Isaiah Thomas, without Michael Porter Jr., and without Will Barton. Um, so you can imagine even – I saw uh, – did you, did you see the video of Porter Jr. shooting threes before – one of their games on Twitter. Uh, I do not. Yeah, so, but he was stroking it, looking pretty good. Obviously, Barton and Thomas will be back sooner rather than later. Uh, Porter's up in the air. I don't think they're expecting anything from this, him this year. So, if he does get on the court, that's like a huge win. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I could see them. I could see, I mean, if he can play, I guess they should play him. But I could see them doing what the Kings did with uh, Giles last year. I think he was healthy like by December, but they just held him out for the whole season, let him practice with the team. But saving him for this year. But, I mean, I, mean, I guess it's not the same situation. Like, like I mean, even, Just so he can win rookie of the year next year? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if he can help the team this year for, like, 10 minutes off the bench, I guess it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely – he can score at all three levels. Ooh, ooh, Blake Griffin going to work. He can score at all three levels. Um, and, yeah. But, I mean, honestly, they don't need it right now. Like, they're playing without Barton and Isaiah Thomas, and they're still um, – First in the West. So, uh, yeah, second like of the week goes to Denver. All right. Uh, second like for me goes to uh, Maxi Kleber on the Dallas Mavericks. This guy, he – I mean, I haven't heard anyone talking about it. He's a rookie last year. This guy can play. Um, like his stats up. aren't like – his stats aren't popping off. But off the bench for the Mavericks, he's been, he's been insane. He hits – he's – Hits threes at an okay rate. He's only shooting thirty percent, but he's shown that he can make them. Um, okay, wait, wait. As a power before forward. you go on, before you go on, can I, can I, can I predict something right here? Yeah, what's going on? What's All on? right, my bet is you watched one game and this guy. No, like, no, I didn't. No, I actually nice watched plays. that. He's had no, a couple I nice swear. plays, I and then no, I knew, I knew you were gonna say something like that. I like watching the mask because I like Doncic, and I was. All like, right, fair. Uh, All right, keep so going. I, like, I like seeing him, and the Mavs bench has been really good overall, and he's he's twenty seven though. Can I throw him that he's twenty seven? Oh wow! I thought he was like twenty-one. Uh, it's still either way. Okay, still, keep, keep going, keep going. I, I didn't know. I, I thought he was drafted. I didn't know he was just like signed. Um, I've never heard of this guy though. Honestly, right. um, but he's now he can play. Like, he's a really good rim protector, and he always does, he just does a lot of like little stuff that's really good off the bench. And he's a big reason why they're. He's like he's just one of those really versatile forwards that can like kind of play on the perimeter and kind of defend the perimeter. But then he'll get like a huge SWAT every game. There. He's, I mean, he's averaging 1.3 blocks a game, Block, and he's yeah. only playing 18 minutes. So, I, he can play, I think, I think. Two and a half. 
yeah, thir- two and a half or thirty-six. He can he can play. He's Mavs found another good player off the bench. They've had a really good bench. Um, that's why I feel like the Mavs can continue it throughout the season because it's not just like Doncic and um, like Wesley Matthews carrying them. They actually have a, a good ten-man rotation where they can keep playing them in. I think Maxi Kleber is just one of those guys that. Um, even if pay, people don't pay attention to him in the playoffs, they'll kind of be like Draymond. Not the year, that, not the first year that they won the title, but the year before they won the title when Draymond started getting some minutes in the playoffs. Everybody was like, "Ooh, this guy can actually play." I think he's kind of going to be like that. Obviously, he's not going to be as good as Draymond. Probably he's already twenty-seven, but just a just a, a similar kind of player. I just like Maxi Kluber. Yeah, I mean, I I any, if you got a center who can step behind the arc, that's huge in today's game. So, dude, yeah. I'll keep my eye on him for sure. For sure, I yeah, I haven't heard him before that. What's up with Dwight Powell only shooting twenty three percent from three? I thought he was a solid three point shooter. Um, are you thinking of Norman Powell? Oh, I'm thinking of Norman Powell. Fuck yeah, that yeah. guy doesn't play anymore either. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Okay, no wonder. Yeah, because he he just sucked last year. He was really good a couple years ago, and then he sucked last year, and then um, like the, the Delon Wright Van Fleet just kind of took over off the bench. Yeah, Van Fleet kind of fleeced him. He's shooting forty percent from three this year. I'll take that. Uh, all right, so going on to the dislikes, we might have we might have one of the same dislikes here. Um, my first dislike: uh, Frankie Smokes, Frank Nitalikina. Oh man, just really, really not looking good. Um, he's averaging six points, two point seven rebounds. Or no, 2.7 assists and 1.9 rebounds per game, shooting 33% from the field and 26% from three. Uh, I won't leave all the stats out. He is shooting 94% from the line. I'll give him that. Then again, just looked at it. He's attempting 0.7 free throws a game, so can't really. Yeah, he's uh, 15 of 16. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so um, since over the last five games, he put he he's just put up. Honestly, like the worst stat lines. He had the zero zero. He had the zeros across the board game. Then he had the zeros across the board game, except he had two assists, and then he's had three DNPs. Uh, so I don't think his future is with the Knicks. Um, well, I'll put it: the people that are clamoring, you got to keep playing him because the Knicks are young, and he's young, and he was one of their top picks. What two years ago? I don't like that because David Fisdale, like you're in New York, you're coaching for your job. If this guy's going to go out there and throw up zeros on zeros on zeros, you got to play other guys. Um, so I don't like that logic. And that's why I do think he is uh, going to be shipped out at some point. I've seen uh, an offer. There was a magic deal that looked, that looked kind of uh, intriguing. I forget what it was. Let's see if I can find it. But, yeah, I definitely think he's going to be moved. What do you think about that? You think he's getting moved? Uh, I don't oh, maybe. I hope not. I hope they just at least keep him, even if they're not playing him for now. Um, because Moody has looked good. Trey Burke has hit a lot of big shots. Um, they got Hardaway and Hard, Trier. Hardaway and Trier, yeah. It, even, even if he does play, he's just not going to get the ball that much. Even if he's a point guard, because Trier, I would give him the ball, has, dude. He can't yeah, it's it's definitely disappointing. I was so high on him, even last yeah, year. He didn't have like insane yeah. stats or anything, but I really liked him because he was so good at defense, and his offense looked really smooth whenever he did something well. So and yeah, I, he I does have a big yeah. jump, and shit, like his shot looks really smooth. I mean, his defense is still good, 
So I, I think that'll keep him in the league at least. But it's still his offense just looks so bad. You can't be putting up zero 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 zeros <laughs> if you're starting playing twenty minutes a night. That's just not not a good look. I I think a change of scenery might be good for him. Agreed. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Phoenix. Uh, every point guard, yeah, every yeah. point guard who kind of disappointed, they're always going to get linked to Phoenix, no matter what. Yeah, Almost everyone good. gets linked to Phoenix, dude. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so no. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, could, I saw someone saying they should make him like a small forward or a shooting guard rather than a point guard because I mean he's six six with a huge yeah. wingspan. I, I, I think he could if he both double that bit. I think he could handle it, but I don't know. It's just I'm very. That's such a disappointment. <laughs> I, I figured. I mean, even if he didn't have a huge jump, just a little bit. Like he's playing yeah, exactly. far worse than he did last year. It's just, it's just. But like, like you yeah. said, with all the like their backcourt, like is full of young guys still trying to prove themselves. Like Damian Dotson has been good this year. Damian um, Dotson is good. Yeah. Very and underrated. He's just kind of like taking all of Nikolina's not his minutes, but he's kind of like taking over his shine a little bit. Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely a tough spot for Frankie. I would. My my expert opinion would say that he's going to get traded, but not sure. We'll see for sure. Um, we'll see. What do you got, though, first, like? Um, the yearly hype for the Trailblazers, and I'm glad they have proved me right when I said they weren't going to make the playoffs because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and they look terrible. Whoa, whoa. They look terrible. They looked, whoa. They, they're not good. They have Dane. Obviously, that looks good against the Suns because Dude. Booker wasn't playing, but – um, and one and TJ, and TJ was playing, and Aiden got benched for Sean Holmes, only for three so, minutes. Yeah. Only for three minutes, right? Um, but they're not good, and I Why wish people they? understood it. They're just not. TJ McCollum is very overrated. I will say, TJ McCollum's not bad, but he's overrated and he's overpaid. Um, he doesn't do anything outside of scoring, and even his scoring, he doesn't do. He's not that great of a scorer because he never gets to the free throw line. All he does is take. I mean, he hits tough shots, I'll give him credit, but he plays no defense. He doesn't pass. He doesn't rebound. Um, and that backcourt's never going to work. I, I mean, it works. It worked that one year, but it's not – they got waxed in the playoffs for a reason. They're not good. If I were them, I'd trade Lillard because I think they can get a big package for Lillard. But he's also, like, kind of their franchise guy, so I can see him just holding on to him. Um, their cap situation sucks. Evan Turner's making, like, $18 million. They're just – they're not good, and I hate when people – like, they had a good start because they weren't playing anyone good. I mean, they beat the Lakers in the first They were 10-3. and three. They were 10-3, and three, but it's just – they're just – every year it always happens that they get on a hot streak at some point, and everybody's like, oh, the Blazers are going to conference finals, and they're not. Mo, Mo Harkless, not that good. Myers Leonard, not good. Zach Collins is decent. Zach Collins um, is good. We'll Zach Collins is good. Nur- Nurkic is all right. They got Nurkic on a good contract. I'll give them credit, but it's just the, – the roster is just not – not built to win. Layman's okay. Stauskas is okay. But, they, I mean, if I were them, I would have traded um, McCollum for – I would have thrown McCollum in for Butler. But I don't, I don't know if that was, like, thrown around at all. But I think that would have been a good deal. Plus, even if Butler leaves, they get, they get their cap space. But, well, yeah, also- I'm just, um, they're just not good. And I'm glad that they're, people are finally figuring out that they're not good and maybe they'll finally blow it up. Uh, I don't think people are figuring. I don't think people are figuring out they're not good. I feel like that's a fallacy. Um, they 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 want yeah, like you said, they're a super streaky team, and they're never gonna make noise in the playoffs. But that doesn't mean I don't think they're gonna be a playoff team. I think they're. I don't gonna think be, they're. I don't think. I don't think. I think it's too close this year. I don't think they're gonna make it. I would. I would rather see a team like Dallas. Like we we've seen. Like 
we've seen Portland's trick like the past five years, like not even trick. Like we've seen what they got in the playoffs last five years and it doesn't work. So yeah, I'd prefer to see like a Dallas with Doncic or like a Grizzly team in there um, who's missed the past couple of seasons. But I don't think it's going to happen, dude. Portland's I mean, if you look at if you look at the playoffs right now in the West, so the, the top five are like pretty much locks, barring like huge injuries. I guess if you want to say the Clippers aren't locks, I can see that. I think that I think they're gonna at worst. I think they're at worst gonna be an eight seed. They're just too deep. I would say that the Rockets are more of a lock than the Clippers. and the Rockets. Yeah, and the Rockets are out right now. Um, the Jazz, I'd say, would, are starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, they've looked good since the Corvette trade. Dude, I agree that dude. The West is. You could tell yeah, me. I'm saying it's too close, and I would say all these teams are better than the Blazers, and the Blazers are I think, they're only in seventh right now because they had a good start against bad teams, and now they're playing good teams, and they suck. I think that nah, – I, uh, I think that they're going to – dude, they're great at home. Like, they're going to win 30 games at home probably. Um, and what do you think it's going to take to make the playoffs in the West? I'd say like 46 40, wins maybe? 46 probably. I think last year it was 47 to get the eight seed. So, yeah, probably around that, 46. Yeah, I could I, – I think it's going to be right down to the last week um, for like six teams, honestly. But I think the Blazers will find a way to get in, and I think they're going to lose an opening round series like four two. To I think they're going to lose four zero if they do. They they're like zero and ten in the last ten playoff games. Yeah, definitely a tough look, but I don't know. They're, they're good at the Warriors, probably. And they're playing. They they had some good segments about the the Blazers last night. How they're turning it around. Dude, like, don't don't sleep, don't sleep. They're, they're all fed sleep. up. They're all fed up about this losing streak. They're all posting about it on Instagram. Oh god, like, don't don't sleep on the Blazers. I'm not a Blazers fan. But also, I, I love Damian Lillard. He is the most overrated postseason player ever, just because of that one shot. That one shot, yeah. That one shot was hype. Yeah, that one shot was amazing. It was second year, I think. Um, so I'll, I mean, I'm proud. It was a crazy shot, and he's a good player. Obviously, he's definitely an elite point guard. Um, probably like the closest thing we have to a Curry type in terms of like the shots that he hits, but uh, he's not been good in the playoffs. And he's always had people say, "Oh, he doesn't have any help." Because they try to do the comparison between Kyrie and Lillard, which I'm taking Kyrie every day of the week, especially not not just because of his age, just because in the playoffs Kyrie's shown up every year. Um, Lillard had Aldridge for his first three years, and then he's had McConnell ever since. I don't want to hear that he doesn't have anybody else to score. So that's just a little gripe for me. But yeah. yeah. Keep going. Right, All right, um, my second uh, dislike of the week is, or not, I don't know why I did it as winners and losers. Pretty much the same thing. My, but a loser is the Western Conference, kind of just because what we talked about. Uh, I guess I mean the, I still think the Spurs have a chance to make the playoffs, but basically four. So fourteen of the teams in the West, I would say every team in the West besides the Suns would be a playoff team in the East. Is that unfair to say? Um, because right now the, probably the, not the eight, Kings. Eh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, okay. If you picked one team, I I would agree. I'd say the thing is, the top of the East is really good. It's just like the, the rest. Yeah. Of the exactly. Team. Exactly. I feel like people are like at the beginning of the season they were trying to say how it's like being evened out, but the yeah, East it's definitely not even. You have Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, and. I I would say very very good chance those are going to be the Eastern Conference semifinal matchups in some form, um, and in the West is just a complete shit show. Like I think I think any team in the West besides Sacramento or Phoenix would, especially playing an Eastern Conference schedule, they'd make the playoffs in the East. Mm-hmm. So uh, which is just unfortunate. 
because I mean, it's been like this for a while, but I was just people trying to, I get the East has become top heavy, which before they just didn't have anything. They had LeBron. Yeah, before they were just terrible throughout. Yeah. So at least they're like starting to build back up. I feel like it's a couple, it's like, it's like three, three top 30 players that are in the West. If they move to the East, then the, you'll see some semblance of balance. But as of now, just like the teams at the bottom of the East are just terrible. Dude, no one. There's only one team in the West that that doesn't have double-digit wins, and it's the Suns, and they're like not even close. But there are seven, six teams in the East that don't have double-digit wins. So, yeah, and and to add insult to that, um, four of the top five picks were to the West last year. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Damn, how is it? Because they have I, such bad – the bad teams in the West have such bad records bad and they're always records. playing the good yeah. teams in the West. Yeah. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so – But I will say, I guess if you're a team like the Spurs or just another bubble team in the West, the only positive in that is that you can have like 46 wins but still get like the 14th pick rather than like the 19th pick because of the way the lottery works. Um, but I feel like if you're, I feel like if you I feel like 40, the Spurs wouldn't care about that anyway. So it's like I, I would say any team if you're at forty, it's like it's like the Suns when they missed the playoffs at, with by one game at forty seven wins. It's like you're that close. I don't care about the five pick difference. I want to be in the playoffs. You know. Yeah, yeah. If I'm like this, yeah, like yeah. If I'm the Suns, I would definitely feel like that. Like last year with the Nuggets, though, like they kind of lucked out because if they would have won that last game of Minnesota, they would have had the twentieth pick, but they got the fourteenth, and they got. I mean, it got a obviously. Yeah, they got that's true. I mean, I mean, um, in hindsight, yeah. But if you ask yeah, them, yeah, and you're yeah. right there. They'd definitely rather they would definitely rather make playoffs. Yeah, especially the sure. players because they don't want to have their replacement coming in. Yeah, exactly. So that's just like like a small, like a very small, like kind of reward almost. But it's not like, but I I kind of I get it, but it's not like a huge deal. Yeah. All right, what do you got? Second, second. Um, dislike? my second dislike is the Miami Heat. Their refusal to rebuild. Um. I guess they kind of can't rebuild, but I think they can if they really, really want to. But Pat Riley's too stubborn. They are – they're not in a good spot. Um, they're, they're playing poorly this year. And their, their cap situation is just, is just very bad. Um, they're lucky they got Richardson on such a good deal because he had a bad year in 2017, but then he's been good ever since. So, I mean, they got that going for them. Justice Winslow, I don't know why they wouldn't wait until restricted free agency for that. Um, cause he's, he's not, he's, he's been pretty underwhelming so far. People were really high on him. Apparently the Celtics won four first round picks for him or they were going to trade four first round picks for him. Um, but Gee, uh, dude, I wish that happened. Oh. It would have gone to the Hornets at nine, but the Hornets took Frank Minsky. <laughs> That's a different story. Um, James Johnson makes 16 million through 2021. Kelly Olenek makes 12 million through 2021. The Whiteside makes 27 million next year. He's, I mean, he's improved this year because he's not hurt, but he still sucks. Obviously, a terrible Tyler Johnson contract. Gordon Drogic's making $20 million. He's not worth that. Um, another guy I'm going to talk about in my bad contracts, uh, so I'm not going to bring him up now. Um, and they don't, they don't even have their 2021 pick. So if they don't decide to rebuild in the next um, – this either next year or this year, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be looking really rough unless they can somehow – dump all these contracts and sign a star in 2020. But even then it's like, what's the chance of that happening? I don't know. It's just not looking good. I did notice they had my boy, AJ Hammonds. I remember that year in the, in the yeah, Purdue. Um, 
Yeah, I remember he was balling, and I thought he was going to be like the next. I only saw him play once, and he was playing insane. So I thought he was going to be like, oh, yeah, he's he sucks. He, did, well, he, his problem, he barely plays in the NBA. His problem, uh, even in college, though, is like a lot of times like he didn't try. He yeah, and he's 26. Care. He's 26. I did not realize that. Um, um, yeah, I, no, uh, really I, feel like, I feel like the Heat, yeah, I mean, they have so many bad contracts, and like a lot of them still have like two, three years on them. Yeah, it's so weird. They gave everyone a four year deal. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I feel um, like um, what's going to happen is they're just going to be, like, fighting for a playoff spot in the East for the next couple of years, and, like, the, the, eventually the contracts will run out. And so they're just going to be, like, in a really, like, long, like, t- time of mediocrity. Yeah. But, but the, thing is, the thing is, we say that now, but Pat Riley would, like, like he would rather go to his grave before he saw that happen. So you know yeah. he's always going to be trying to do some sneaky stuff. It's just, it was just weird that – he let Wade walk, but just to build a, like a, a mediocre roster. I don't get it. Why wouldn't you just sign Wade at that point? The year when Wade left, like, why not just sign Wade? You like, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna contend in the next couple of years anyway. Why not just give him the money that he wants for two years and then let him retire? I don't know. It's just weird. Um, and they they looked like they were kind of in a good spot in like 2016, and then whatever happened with the 2016 and 2017 off seasons just um, played about poorly. So yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, you got anything else on the likes or dislikes? Uh, no, that's all I got. All right. Uh, so quickly, bad contract, um, which is honestly, I had this down before um, the trade, but George Hill, uh, summer of 2017, he signed a three for 57 with the Kings. He's averaging just 11, three and two this year. And again, he was on the Cavs. So maybe a, a change of scenery can change that. Because I'm honestly still – I'm a George Hill guy. When the Cavs traded for him last year at the deadline, I thought that was actually going to be a pretty, like, influential move. Uh, turned out not yeah, to – he was, he was, I mean, he was decent for him. He was decent, but it wasn't anything – He was an upgrade over, over trash, so it just looked like he was a lot better than he was. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a championship uh, winning move or anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so George Hill, um, three for 57. But now, obviously, we saw the trade. I guess we can talk about that real quick. Uh, George Hill and Sam Decker were sent to the Milwaukee Bucks for uh, uh, Decker just got Decker is going to the Wizards. Really? Did, like Woj just announced it at or um maybe Low, I think it was Woj or Low. One of them announced that uh no, he's just it's a three team trade. So I think the Cavs are getting Jason Smith. And then Decker, Decker's not going to the uh not going home to Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee, yeah. Um so, so from the Bucks, it was John Henson and someone else, right? Delhi. Delhi, yeah, Delhi. And the Bucks gave him a first rounder that'll likely convey in twenty twenty one because it's top. You said it's top fourteen protected, so lottery protected in twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna get it that year. Yeah, um, I think not a bad trade for the Cavs. I mean, you always pick up a first rounder. I mean, it's not like you're gonna compete this year. Uh, George Hill, you didn't need him. And Sam Decker was he, he is kind of a nice piece, but he'd be he's like a he's gonna be a nice he would have been a nice put it he would have been a nice piece for the Bucks. He's more of like a bench guy, like can come off, hit some shots, he'll defend for you. He's more like a bench piece for a contender. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he works with the Wizards. Uh, as for George Hill, what he'll be a backup to Bledsoe. Uh, yeah, looks like it. They don't. I thought. I thought they got. What about so Brogdon? Brogdon's a shooting guard, mostly. I guess playing shooting guard. 
I thought they I had feel another... like Brogdon is like the perfect point guard put next to Giannis, but I guess he's not. I don't know. I guess they want Bledsoe. I thought that was playing well. So I guess I, I don't know. It's just I thought they had a young backup for Bledsoe. Am I wrong? Uh, I mean, they have Divincenzo. I don't think he's a point guard though. He's no, more he's not a shooting guard. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess it, it was Delhi and Brogdon. Yeah, Brogdon's listed as a point guard. That's weird. Um, obviously they play side by side though. And then Bledsoe. Uh, yeah, so I think George Hill can be decent off the bench. I, I don't know why they, like why they'd give up a first. Like, does he put you over the top? Or I think he. Um, I think he he's only guaranteed one million next year. So one million. Clears cap. Clears cap. Yeah, one million. What do you mean? He has he's only seven, guaranteed one million. I'm pretty sure he's on the books for seventeen million next year. Yeah, he is, but he's only guaranteed one million, so they can just cut him if they want. Oh, uh, I mean, it's still a bad deal. It's still a bad. It was a bad deal for the Kings. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, ter- terrible. They drafted terrible. Aaron Fox and then paid George Hill seventy million, or I guess for them like twenty million. So yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Well, George Hill's my bad contract, and what do you got? I've got um Dion Waiters. People really freaked out about Dion Waiters that the end of that one season in Miami a couple years ago. Um, and uh. Pat Riley rewarded him with a four-year, fifty-two million dollar deal. So he's making twelve million. Um, made it last year. He's making it this year, and two years after that, he only played thirty games last year. He still has yet to play this year, and um, apparently, he still has no timetable for his return with an ankle injury. He was never even that good. He just had a really hot stretch right at the perfect time. Um, he had a lot of he had that big, big, uh, that huge game winner against the Warriors. I remember that. I mean, Dion Waiters is cool, but he's all, he's super inefficient. Not really that good of a defensive player. Or, I mean, he was for a little bit. When he tries, but he doesn't try that much. Um, doesn't pass at all. It's just it's just he's he really hit big on that deal. Um, so, yeah, it's just another bad contract for the Heat where just kind of leaves him without any flexibility. He's barely even played a year and a half into his deal. So, yeah, just uh, just a rough one there for, the, for Miami. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, Dion Waiters is. I mean, he he wants he would he would be a like a pretty good bench scorer, but he wants to be way more than that. Forces. Yeah, he, he definitely he definitely isn't. He's an alpha type player, but he's not an alpha level player. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, all right, so we got power rankings, and we did all right. So first, we'll get into the um, we we used the Pacific Division for our lineups this week. Um, we should have a lot of the same guys. The Pacific is made up of the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns, and the Kings. I think there's one. All right. Well, well give me what you got. Give me what you got first. I got Curry, Clay, KD, LeBron, Draymond. Okay. So you're playing Draymond with the five? Yeah. The only thing that would kind of suck with this team is there's no rebound. I guess, I mean, there's rebounding, but there's not like an elite rebounder. But it doesn't even matter for the Warriors. My, I mean, mine's the same without an elite rebounder. I got. Curry, Booker, Clay, KD, LeBron. All right. Um, I was. Oh, you took I, out KD. No, Curry, Booker, Clay, KD, LeBron. I took out Draymond. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. So right. KD and LeBron are gonna be kind of pissed because they're guarding big guys, but they can deal with it. Because um, I was, I was, I mean, I would have, I was gonna do obviously Steph, Clay, KD, LeBron, and but I didn't want Draymond. If I was gonna put Draymond at center, might as well give me Booker. Um, but there's like no really good centers. Like I was thinking about doing Aiton, but I don't really need a center that can score. You need a center for that team to like play defense and rebound. Mm-hmm. And, like I mean, like I get like Montrezl Harrell, like maybe. Yeah. 
it might be yeah, an overall outside, outside of LeBron and the Warriors, it's kind of a shaky division in terms of like top tier talent. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so we'll finish it up with power rankings. Uh, this week, I got Raptors firmly at number one. Nuggets two um, can't discount their hot play. Thunder have also been really hot. I got them at three. I think they're eight and two in the last ten. The Warriors at four. I would not be surprised if the Warriors are at two next week, uh, just because Steph is going to be like fully back and they'll have won some games with them. And then at five, I got your Sixers. All right, I got um, Golden State at one, Toronto at two, Milwaukee at three, um, Denver at four, and OKC at five. Wait, repeat that. I got Golden State, Toronto, Milwaukee, Denver, OKC. All right. Uh, I left Milwaukee out of mine. Huh. Dude, why are these teams so bad at defense? Like, there's no defense being played right now. Something about the Sixers game? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because, I mean, B's not playing. Ooh, did you hear about Booker and Aiton? Yeah, they got into a little well, into a little scrap. Verbal Booker, scrap. Yeah, that's fine with me. That's good, I guess. Yeah, it shows they care, I guess. Yeah. Booker, uh, the Suns will never win a game when Devin Booker doesn't play. And then, yeah. oh, my God, dude, there's no defense being played. I have the under in this game, and it's it's going to be so far off. God, dude, Sorry, come man. on. It happens when a beat sits. They don't have any – Amir Johnson isn't protecting the pain. Reggie Jackson is – come on, Reggie Jackson. Um, yeah, no, yeah, the Suns definitely have some turmoil. Um, and, yeah, if you have Warren and Booker sitting out, like, that's, like, like obviously back-to-back nine-point quarters, terrible. And even, But, like, that's, like, how much they mean to the offense. Not, like, other guys score because they, like, get them – like, they set them up. Like, yeah. when you're starting a Kobo, Bridges, and Jackson, like, as the guys who are handling the ball, it's going to be an issue for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess we got our team minutes. I forgot about that. All right, you want to go? I think I feel uh, like you have a lot more to say about the Suns than I do about the Yeah, team. I mean, yeah, I guess. I'll go. All right. All right. Uh, whenever you're ready. All right, Phoenix Suns currently with the worst record in the league. Obviously disappointing. Um, it also – when I was just talking about uh, Warren and Booker being out, um, when they're out, it's disappointing that the offense can't get anything going. Um, like they show no semblance of anything. Um, back-to-back nine-point quarters that you just can't have that. Um, the the effort has been not has not been there at times, and teams will go on teams will go on runs like they have in the first quarter. The thing is, teams always go on big runs like that against the Suns. It just gets magnified when it's in the first quarter because you can like see it more clearly. Um, but yeah, I mean, when Bender's playing like twenty minutes, you know you're in trouble. Uh, but DeAnthony Melton has looked pretty good. Um, I like that he's letting it fly. Like when he gets minutes, he's shooting it and he's attacking and he's playing pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just, just it's going to be tough. I mean, the only reason to watch this team is to watch how the young guys develop. Um, yeah, I, as far as for the disputes, it's fine by me. Unless people are really actually mad, which I don't think they are. It's just more frustration. Definitely fine by me. Um, yeah, right. that's all I got. All right, you just beat it by a second. All right, bet. All right, what do you got? Sixers minute. All right, uh, same way every week. Ben Simmons, Lorenz shoot. He had a big, wide open mid range shot against the 
Raptors the other night and kind of not really in the clutch. They were down by like 10 with two minutes, but he still got to shoot it and just passed it. Uh, Embiid, about time he rests because he looked really winded. He's still probably working the conditioning. Um, but I guess it's understandable. He's still leading the league in minutes. Butler, you're amazing. I'm not going to hate on Butler. Um, Shamit's been good. Muscala's been good. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, wish you would play. Shake Milton played last week. He had five points against the Wizards in garbage time. Um, hit his first three, so that was good. Maybe he'll start playing. Um, trying to think. Oh, they brought in Aaron Aflalo for a workout. I don't know about that, but, you know, they need something on the wing off the bench. So, trying to think who else. Fultz, whatever's going on with you, get better. And TJ McConnell, yeah, he played pretty well. So, yeah, that's all I got. All right, solid. Um, all right, so I guess that'll do it for another episode of the SQ Sports Podcast. Um, we will be coming back to you sometime next week. Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, SQ Sports, SQ underscore sports, and on Instagram at SQ Sports. Peace out. All right, peace.